Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Pappas and Olivia Harlan Decker. Everybody, this is Unleashed by BetMGM, the king of sports books. And we made it through our first weekend without NFL games. It was weird. Of course, we had the all-star game to keep us entertained a little bit. But as many people know, when we talked about the Pro Bowl, when we talk about all-star games, sometimes it leaves you wanting a little bit more. I've got to say congrats to my dad calling the first all-star game. He went back-to-back weeks, back-to-back Sundays, calling the Super Bowl, then the all-star game. That was really fun to watch. Uh, Giannis, what did you think of the actual game? The game was uh, enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I mean, I watched it sober, probably unlike you. You're on vacation. All your siblings are there. I'm sure you guys are throwing back your Cosmos and your dirty martinis. Did you forget I'm seven months pregnant, Giannis? Yeah, but you're also Olivia Harlan Decker. That never stopped you before. Yeah, that never stopped anyone in your family line. (laughs) (laughs) You're true. The Cosmo count is getting out of control. Yeah, and I still don't believe that that was a virgin shooter in Vegas. I I saw you drink it, and I saw it poured. Young lady, you were drinking alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I was like four <laughs> weeks pregnant then. Give me a break. Okay, plus next big event on the sports calendar, Giannis. I'm so excited to switch gears here a little bit. It's March Madness, NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments, or as you say, tournaments. You're a Northeasterner. We've got a great guest joining us to help you get ready, to help us get ready as everyone fills out their brackets. He's from Fox Sports and the Titus and Tate podcast. It's Tate Frazier. He's going to be joining us. I'm excited about that. Very exciting. And as always, we got BetMGM betting expert Peter Andrew joining us to Mm -hmm. discuss the latest in the world of betting lines in the second half of the NBA season. Olivia, if you thought I handled you in picking NFL games, just wait until you go until we go head to head picking NBA games. I'm basically the Michael Jordan of betting on the NBA, except Michael Jordan is probably the Michael Jordan of betting on the NBA. Now that was good. That yeah. was good. I, I don't know, Giannis. I feel pretty confident in my NBA knowledge. Uh, well, you know, I'm not sure. I think you're going to be a little clouded because you, I, apparently you're an Atlanta Hawks fan now. I didn't yeah. know that because you work for them. You're an Atlanta yeah. Hawks fan. And I, who are you a fan of in the NBA? Is it the Hawks? Well, okay. I was going to preface this before we really get into NBA talk because you gave me hell all season for having two NFL teams. And guess what? I got two NBA teams. I, of course you do. <laughs> of course you, you know what, Sam, I don't know if you listen to the show, but she may have another boyfriend somewhere. Actually, <laughs> I think I have three NBA teams. So the Hawks, I worked for them for three seasons. Love the Atlanta Hawks. We went to back-to-back Eastern conference finals while I was their sideline reporter, just saying. And then I married Sam when he was with the Houston Rockets 
And that's who drafted him. So Houston is kind of one of my teams. That's where we met, fell in love. I love the Rockets. And then the Bucks, because, you know, we're Wisconsin people. And what you're not going to think about, Giannis, is the whole Atlanta coaching staff. When I was there, like 2015-ish, they are all with the Milwaukee Bucks now. Mike Budenholzer, the head coach, was the head coach of the Hawks. So those are my guys, the whole staff. So, yeah, I've got three NBA teams. What do you think about that? I think I have a question is Mm -hmm. what I think about that. Have you ever thought about running for political office? (laughs) Because I switch all the time. (laughs) You are. Yeah. You love everybody. Every flip flopper. You are a flip flopper. Yeah. You are. (laughs) You'd have no loyalty. All you want to do is get elected. And I like it. To answer your other question, my boyfriend's name is Rodrigo. Okay. Before we get to the second half of the NBA (laughs) season, let's talk about what went down in Cleveland during All-Star Weekend. It's time to unleash. Let's unleash. It's time to unleash. All right, Olivia, everyone always complains about the slam dunk contest, but I got to say, this year, I finally have had enough. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I think we've all had enough. All right. I actually changed the channel because my wife wanted to watch Love is Blind on Netflix. And (laughs) and believe it or not, I enjoyed that more. So thank God for my wife. That's the only time I've ever enjoyed whatever she wanted to watch because that's how bad the dunk contest was. And what a fall from grace are we talking about? I grew up in the era with Dominique and Jordan and Spud Webb and the great white hope of Brent Barry, the only Barry kid who could jump. I mean, this is just getting sad right now. And it's such a big part of what the fans love about All-Star Weekend. And we just aren't seeing anything original anymore. The participants are, they're missing half their attempts. I give this whole contest a three and a half out of 10. Mm. I'm holding my card up right now. I do not understand why the big names won't do it anymore. It should be like Adam Silver should force them to do it. I mean, this is for the fans. Just do the dunk contest. Where was uh, John Moran? Where was Miles Bridges? Where was Anthony Edwards? I mean, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And LeBron, if this is your homecoming to Cleveland, Mm -hmm. why not finally participate in a dunk contest and win it at 37, 38, whatever you are? Okay, just by entering, you probably would have won just because of they wanted (laughs) to do something for Cleveland. The dunk contest used to be where we saw the absolute best. Jordan, like I said, Dominique, Vince Carter, who can forget that? Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Juan Scando Anderson, but you should have had to have a dunk in a real game to be able to enter the dunk contest. So Adam Silver, please bring me in for a brainstorm. We need to fix this. America loves the dunk contest and we need to make it great again. 2024. How about even Zach Levine? Like there were players who were participating in other things that have been in the dunk contest before that should have been in it. I'm with you, Giannis. That is spot on, hot take, unleashed. Okay, I want to switch to college basketball because you guys know there was some madness that happened well before March. It was this weekend in Madison. It was crazy. The Michigan at Wisconsin basketball game on Sunday. Wolverines head coach, Juwan Howard, he didn't like that Wisconsin called an unnecessary timeout at the end of their loss. It was actually two timeouts in the last minute with a huge Badger lead. And in the final minute of the game, Wisconsin was up 14 and coach guard substituted in his walk-ons and Michigan still had starters on the floor. So coach Howard thought that that was disrespectful. Coach guard tried to explain to him at the end that, you know, they didn't want to have a turnover. He was using it as a teaching moment for these young green players. So you can understand both sides. And Juwan Howard was very honest at the end saying he didn't like that. Tensions ran high. Players got involved. People laid their hands on each other. And it was a bit of a mess. And my take on this is that at the end of the day, these are the head coaches and this is college basketball. I know tensions run high. I know there's a lot of emotion and passion in these games, but I think these coaches have to be an example for these young men. I know I sound like a pamphlet for the NCAA and I apologize, but I just feel like everyone has to keep their cool. Now, Greg Gard did pursue him. Howard didn't even want to talk at the end and Greg Gard pursued him. So this was a tricky one. Coach Howard was suspended for the rest of the regular season. That's five games. He was fined $40,000. A couple of players on both sides were suspended one game. 
coach guard at Wisconsin was fined $10,000, which the university is going to be paying. They are not putting that on him. So do I think Juwan Howard is entirely to blame? No, but I don't think under any condition that a head basketball coach at the college level should try to punch or slap an opposing coach. Now, I love it. When the headline came out, it said an open-faced punch. And now I'm a girl and I've got sisters, so I know exactly what that means. That is how we hit. And it's it's a slap. I don't know why we're calling it a punch, but an open-handed punch is all that really went down here. But it was a mess. It was a mess on the court. And I think there's no place for it in college basketball. I got to be honest. I love Juwan Howard. Know him well. I love the Wisconsin basketball program, know them well, but I think this uh, escalated way too far. And I think, again, for the third time, I'll say it, in the college game, you are very much molding young men. I know that sounds very cheesy. Most of these guys are not going on to play professional. Most of these guys are going on to enter the real world with the rest of us. And I just think there should be a better example. Well, you know, I love the Unleashed, but I got to say, uh, this is one of the few Unleashed. So I'm going to disagree with you. I loved oh. it. I wanted to see more. I wanted to <laughs> see more. I thought they should have let him go. Just shoot the fair one. Let the two go at it. As far as working for a betting company, I would have put my money on Juwan Howard. <laughs> he would have definitely won that fight. And I blame, I don't blame Juwan Howard. He was pursued. Hands went on him. Mm-hmm. He's a former Fab Five member. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I he, hear he you. Wanted, he wanted to throw hands. He could take the fine. He's one of the most overpaid players in NBA <laughs> history. So I remember that huge contract he's got. <laughs> so, I mean, big deal. I think they should maybe fight on the Jake Paul undercard. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, you know whose opinion I do want on this, although I do appreciate yours, Giannis, is Tate <laughs> Frazier. No one knows this game like him. I'm sure he has an opinion on this. Let's go ahead and bring in Tate Frazier. He graduated from North Carolina with a degree in bracketology. He's one of the best college hoops experts in the business. He bleeds Carolina blue. I think his favorite song is One Shining Moment, too. That's yet to be confirmed. From the Titus and Tate podcast, Tate Frazier, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Olivia. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, I, that was a great intro. I love when I can bring North Carolina <laughs> you know, up to the forefront. So that's a good day for me. I appreciate that. To be fair, I think you've got the best colors in college basketball. We'll but don't tell it. my husband. Don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> but Carolina Blue's the best. I'll take that. That's one thing okay. we got right now. <laughs> now, just to make sure you're a true North Carolina fan, have you ever gotten into some sort of gang warfare with Duke <laughs> students when you were mm. there? Like any type of Sosha versus, mm. you know, the greasers. Did that ever go down where you guys had a fight at a keg party? I uh, I was a part of the managers game my senior year. Uh, Duke managers played Carolina ma- managers, and in Chapel Hill they played. And uh, Ryan Kelly, who played on obviously yeah. uh, the Duke team, his brother Sean Kelly was a manager. And there was a fight that night when I was at that game. One of the few people that was there. I was not a part of the fight. In fact, I was I was yelling to try to break up the fight. But uh, Duke is something that I hate. You know, I, I say that I have. You know, there are two types of people in this world. There are Carolina people and Duke people. That's kind of how I, I I view the world. And, uh, you know, I respect Duke, but I, I also hate Duke. So, you know, that's pretty well, much Well, we have that in common. I, I too, hate Duke. Yeah, but see? actually, let's stick with that, with the violence you were just referring to, because there was a big story this week mm. with Michigan, Wisconsin, Juwan Howard being suspended for the rest of the season, $40,000 fine, and his antics made a lot of headlines this week. Overall, what's your take on this? Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a very loaded situation, obviously. I mean, anytime a coach touches anybody in that way, it, it's obviously a big drama. So the first reaction, the first waiver reaction, you saw a lot of people say that, you know, Juwan Howard's going to get fired. I thought that was uh, a bridge too far, but yeah. I also, I mean, you, you cannot act in that way, but also there are rules to the game and there's, you know, quote unquote rules of engagement and Greg guard, you know, when you touch somebody, the rules of engagement say like, once you put your hands on somebody, all bets are off, especially if yeah. you've ever played basketball and, and been in one of those lines. Once someone touches somebody, you know, things go awry. So I don't think it was a very one-sided thing. I think as soon as Greg guard put his hands on Jawan Howard, now we have two guys that have implicated and instigated a situation and they're supposed to be the leaders. And I think that's really what it comes back to. 
we need leadership. There is not a lot of leadership in college basketball. There's not a lot of leadership in college in general right now, in my opinion. So you need guys like Jawan Howard and Greg Gard. I mean, luckily, after the game, we've seen the press statements and they both kind of, you mm-hmm. know, made their, uh, you know, especially Jawan Howard. He's apologized and made sure that he, you know, he seems remorseful and all that sort of stuff. But I would like to see Wisconsin also say something just to, you know, to be sure. the bigger, be the bigger man in the situation. Right. That's my only thing. I think that both sides could show leadership and and class moving forward because we know what the Big Ten is. That's what their mantra is. We are this classy conference. We are legends. We are leaders. Let's be legends and leaders in this situation and move forward in the right way. But he's got his punishment, and I think it was deserved. But I don't know if it was. I think maybe Greg Gard gets one game, two games, because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't just the Jawan Howard lost his mind situation. He tried to walk by. He did. I watched it live. Yeah. I was texting my dad. I said, Juwan Howard is not a happy man right now. And, you know, obviously from there it was fireworks. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just a few weeks away from the conference tournaments. Uh, you just mentioned the Big Ten. Lots of teams on the bubble. Which conference are you most excited to watch? I mean, I'm excited for, you know, the Big Ten is always interesting. I hope Indiana gets into the tournament. I'm a big yeah. Mike Woodson guy. I love Woody. I think he's... uh one of the best people in basketball. So I want him to make the tournament. So I'll be pulling for him. I'm a North Carolina guy, as Olivia told everyone. So they're 20 and eight, but America has decided they're on the bubble. So I, I have to, you know, have my guard up, so to speak, as we get to the ACC tournament, they need to win probably two games to secure their spot. So I'll be watching that. I'm a sucker for the Pac-12. I live in Los Angeles. So I, I still believe in UCLA. A lot of people have jumped off the bandwagon, but I am not. I know this is a tournament team and I know they have their mindset on the tournament, so I'll be watching how they look. Are they in form as they get to the Pac-12 tournament? So that'll be interesting. And then Titus and I will be at the Big East tournament for Fox. So we'll be on the ground, boots on the ground. And uh, I love St. John's for some reason this year in the Big East. I think in the tournament, they're going to make some noise because they're going to be playing basically at home, obviously, in MSG. Nice. Yeah, there was a lot of hype for the Bruins you mentioned earlier, preseason. Another team that always has a lot of hype, and I hope you take any bias out of this, is the storyline of Coach K and the Blue Devils. Oh, yeah, the farewell tour. What are you thinking? It is, and it's kind of exhausting as a viewer, I think, every night to have to see this. But Mm -hmm. Duke's 23-4. and They're seventh in the country. Do you think they're built for a Final Four run, or do you think they uh, fall flat a little bit after this exhausting farewell tour? Well, we all remember John Wooden in his last season wins the national championship. So Coach K is trying to repeat that and make sure that he leaves on top just like John Wooden did because ultimately Coach K cares about Coach K being remembered as the best coach of all time, right? That's what his entire, that's what he is, that's what he has used Duke as a vehicle for his entire career, right? So this is the final, (laughs) the final show. This is the curtain call, so to speak, uh, spelled with K's, obviously. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. I don't see a world in which Duke's not in the elite eight. And then from there, right. you know, we'll see how, how, cause you need a little bit of luck, obviously to win a title. We all know that Duke showed us that in 2015. Um, so <laughs> I agree. I, I think, I think that they have a great shot to do it this year because of AJ Griffin, because of Wendell Moore. I think Ben Carroll gets a lot of credit for this team, but they're Mark Williams, Wendell Moore and AJ Griffin are really, you know, kind of the motor. So I could see Duke winning it all. That's why I'm knocking on wood and, uh, you know, trying to be as good of a person as possible so that God does not let that happen. No bias in that answer. (laughs) Do you think we'll see coach K on a sideline again? Olympics. I think we'll see him on the Duke sideline. Oh, yeah, I think he's going to be I I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina beats Duke in his last home game, you know, this year. I wouldn't be shocked Mm -hmm. if Coach K came back for one more year. Wow. I really would not be shocked because he has to leave on his own terms. So he has to win a title. He has to beat Carolina twice, maybe three times if they meet in the tournament. So he's got a lot of things he's got to check off. You know, if if this is the movie Bucket List, you know, with Jack Nicholson, Coach K has got to (laughs) check off a lot more things before he leaves the game, I think. Speaking of uh, teams that have traditionally had a lot of decent white players, uh, (laughs) Gonzaga is currently the favorite at plus 400 to win it all. Is this the team that finally brings a title to Gonzaga? Mm. Look, I I have always believed in Gonzaga. I think they could have won in 2013. I think they could have won in 2017, the year that Carolina beat them in the title game, obviously. I thought last year the pressure of being undefeated was really tough for them, especially with no fans in the crowd. 
Drew Timmy is Christian Leitner light. You know what I mean? He really. <laughs> Christian Leitner light. He has to, he has to win a title. I feel like at Gonzaga, he feels like one of those guys that's almost destined. This is his last run. Chet Holmgren's probably going to be the number one pick. So if there was ever a year for Gonzaga and they're kind of under the radar this year, which I like, even though they're number one in the country, people have kind of decided they don't believe in them anymore, which is a good spot to be when you get to March. So I could see Gonzaga cutting down the nets. That wouldn't shock me. And I'd be happy for Mark Few. He deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, it's felt like this has been brewing for a minute. Yeah, you know, last so year, the Big Ten really struggled in the tournament after a lot of hype. Is there a conference that you're already thinking you'll probably stay away from in terms of filling out your bracket? <laughs> Honestly, the Big Ten really burned me last year because uh, I believed in Illinois. Everyone. Yeah, I, I don't know why I believe so much in Illinois. It's not like I have any yeah. reason to, but uh, Trent Frazier, maybe because we have the same last name. I felt like a, and Chester <laughs> Frazier is on the staff, so I don't know. The Big Ten always worries me because Purdue... And Illinois mm-hmm. have the best chance to win the title, I think, in that conference. And both of those teams are very volatile and they can beat anybody. And they also lose to anybody, as we've seen uh, a few times this season. So the Big Ten definitely worries me. And then the ACC is just so down this year that, I mean, Duke is really the only hope that they have as a conference. Wake Forest is back. Yeah. Carolina's on the bubble. You know, Duke's really the only one that I could see making a Final Four in reality. So. I would not bet on the ACC in the tournament if, if I were a betting man myself. Ouch. You hear that, Giannis? Are you taking yeah. notes? I'm taking notes right now. You just mentioned Purdue. They're plus 800. Oh, what about other teams? Kentucky's plus 750. Mm. Auburn at plus 1,000. Any of these odds you like? I like Kentucky. This feels like a Kentucky year to me. We're 10 years from the Anthony Davis run where... He basically dominated by being a physical force, you know, on the boards defensively, offensively for that team. Didn't really need to score. And they have that with Oscar Big O, who's up for National Player of the Year. I think he perfectly fits that mold. They're an old team. Calipari really likes this group. Coach Cow is uh, one of my favorite people. He's hilarious to me. And uh, he really likes this team. And he uh, I think he thinks they can win it all. So that. That gives me even more reason to be emboldened. So if I had to bet on any of the Blue Bloods, I think I'd bet on Kentucky to win it all. Yeah. Okay, you've mentioned St. John's and you've mentioned the Blue Bloods, obviously, but another mid-major that you think could cause some noise that we should be looking at. Again, Giannis and I are are really trying to fill out our brackets as informed as possible. So this is just our cheat sheet guide with you on date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate the questions. <laughs> uh, this is what happens around March. People start asking me about like, like yes. last year, they were like, what about Oral Roberts? I'm like, I, I like, Ace <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you say this time last year about Oral Roberts? Oh, I said, I loved them. They were going to upset Ohio State. You of did. course. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> There's no way. Who's calling that? But uh, yeah. I like San Diego State. They're on the bubble right now. But if they get in, I think they're an interesting team. I think they would be a tough out in a, in a quote unquote bad matchup. So I would watch out for them. Colorado State's another bubble team that's right there that mm. they started out really well. And if they sneak in, maybe they're a 12 seed or something, you know, and you get a 12 sure. five game and you take them there. So those are two that kind of come to mind. I obviously am on the West Coast. So I'm watching, you know, some of these WCC and Mountain West games. The Mountain West is a great conference this year. They got a lot of good teams and even like a BYU could be a scary team in the tournament. So there's some good teams on the West Coast. I mean, those are those are a little bit off the beaten path. But if they get in. Watch out for Colorado State, San Diego State, BYU. Last year was upset city, the most we'd ever seen in the tournament. (laughs) First of all, why do you think so? And does that repeat itself this year? I'm hoping that last year, I mean, we joked on our show, it was a Mickey Mouse tournament, you know, because everyone said that (laughs) about the NBA uh, bubble. We we did the same thing on our show. Just because all the teams that we picked to win were losing. So we just said everything was Mickey Mouse. So I'm going to work under that same guys this year and say that no fans affected things. You know, playing yeah. Mackey Arena had some sort of weird magic. UCLA goes in there as an 11 seed, basically playing into the tournament, and then they go on a Final Four run. It was just something special that was going on in Mackey. Not for mm-hmm. Purdue, though. Obviously, they lose to North Texas. They mm-hmm. didn't have any sort of magic playing in Indiana. Neither did anyone in the Big Ten. So I think this year will be different. I don't think it'll be like last year. Last year was a one-off. It was more of an NBA bubble type environment, At least in our, at least I hope so. Because yeah. I want better teams to win. You know, as much as we love the upsets, I want to see the better teams in the Elite Eight, you know, once we get there. Yeah, usually it, it does end it up play, being the better yeah. teams. Weekend it two always out. takes yeah. care of, of the situation, usually. Let's talk a little bit about the class of 23. Before Bronny James plays with his dad in the NBA, which seems like a pipe dream for me, 
Uh, <laughs> he's going to have to play a year in college unless yes. he goes overseas, does the whole, you know, does the whole ball route. What's your prediction about Bronny James? I know he slipped a little bit. His reputation went from now he's like a three-star recruit or some. I mean, he's 6'2". I mean, you know, what's your prediction? Are we talking G League? Yeah, I wish Bronny James was like a K.J. Martin, you know, who went to Sierra Canyon and, you know, obviously ended up on the Rockets and is a very, you know, he's a utility role player in the NBA. He can have some highlight moments. That's that's like what you hope Bronny would be. But it does seem like the the LeBron media machine has they're doing their job right. I mean, if you look at Bronny's list of schools, it's every blue blood. It's Kansas, Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, UCLA. Those are his five schools. None of those schools have offered him other than Kentucky. And I'm not sure if John Calipari did that just for, you know, just to be like LeBron's kids might come to Kentucky. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know they're actively recruiting him right now. So he has five schools. None of them are actively recruiting him. If I had to pitch him, I would say go to North Carolina because then you have LeBron, Michael Jordan. You can I mean, that's a that's right. a mega package of just interest there. Or you go to Duke and do the opposite. So it's LeBron versus Michael Jordan, right? Officially. So one of those I could see happening. I think he's going to go to the G League, though. I really do. I don't think college makes sense. I don't think any team is going to give him the one and done treatment where they give him 20 shots and give him 35 minutes a game because I don't think he can impact winning at that level. So no one's going to give him that runway. And the G League, the NBA, Adam Silver, I think they might be able to give him more of a runway and say, hey, this is this is the new wave. You don't go to college anymore. You go play with the G League Ignite, you know, and they market it that way. And then he's one step closer to the NBA. And then LeBron can get him to Cleveland or whatever he wants to do. Because like you like you said, he announced that that's going to happen, which is wild. That's the world we live in. Don't you think he'd be the perfect example of look at, you know, one of the most famous kids in the country in the basketball world yeah. and how they're coming straight to the G League. I mean, this is their dream. I bet Adam Silver and company is salivating over this opportunity. But any school, you're right, would be lucky to get them for marketing. Yeah. If anything else for one year, whatever they want to do with him on the court, it'd be a big deal to get Bronny James. But totally on a tangent here, just what we're seeing with LeBron James and the Lakers at the trade deadline and them basically saying for the first time, someone saying to LeBron, you wanted this team, clean it up. We're not giving you what you want. We're not, we're not blowing up this whole thing. It's finish out the season. Like this is the team you wanted. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on what we're supposed to take away from that as the power of LeBron? Is it slipping maybe? I mean, he's 37 years old. So yes. it's one of those things where what is the long-term proposition here? Even him you know, angling to say, I will go to whatever team drafts Bronny. What, what kind of cachet does a 40 year old or 39 year old LeBron James really have at that point? I mean, maybe he has more than I suspect, but it does seem like a, a veiled threat, right? That really, there's not mm -hmm. much behind it. And in general, you're asking about the Lakers. The Lakers were a mess from day one. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. that knew anybody knew that. I mean, that was there were no defined roles. Everyone, AD was LeBron was like, you're the number one guy. AD's like, no. And then Russell can't Westbrook, say healthy. who can never, and can't say healthy. And Russell Westbrook, who's never been anything other than the guy, is now going to come in and he's going to be the third guy. What? That was never yeah. going to happen. So no. that team was a mess. They tried to figure it out before the trade deadline. I still believe Westbrook is a plus at the end of the day for the Lakers. It's good to have Russell Westbrook as opposed to a John Wall, which was the reported right. trade that was there. I, I don't understand how that would have helped at all. Russell was more impactful than John mm -hmm. Wall. But yeah, it's a mess. And LeBron's going to either leave the Lakers for a better championship situation, which I thought he might try to do this year with Cleveland, like trade him to Cleveland for Colin Sexton, maybe Garland, who's an all-star and, and some picks. I thought that might be something that they look into. And that might be what happens in the offseason because somebody's going to get traded in the offseason, whether it's Westbrook, Anthony Davis, or LeBron. And it's going to be a decision. Or Rob Polinka is going to get fired and they're going to mm. hire Sam Presti from the Thunder and, you know, try to run this thing back and get him to help build a roster. But it's a mess. I mean, I'm not a Lakers fan, obviously. I live in L.A., <laughs> but it's a mess. It really is. Le LeBron trying to go to a good situation. That doesn't sound like him at all. <laughs> no, it's a new thing. It's a new it's a late in life thing, I think.
that. And it's really something we see in the NFL lately with quarterbacks. And I saw you even tweet about it. The, uh, oh, yeah. the Aaron Rodgers drama and stuff. It's going to give us so much fodder this <laughs> off season. It already is. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to say NFL lives already doing the Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, what's his, <laughs> he's on Pat McAfee this morning. What did he say to Pat McAfee? And then they show it. And it's like a mundane conversation between two guys. About his cleanse. <laughs> Exactly. About a cleanse. He like purged himself. Giannis, did you see this? You Oh, Giannis would love this. Yeah. He like made <laughs> himself throw up for a week. Yeah, no, he's, uh, I saw his uh, gratitude post too. The only uh-huh. team he's on right now is Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it said he was evacuating his body, which means he was vomiting and, and you know, I mean, I don't know what was going on, but obviously he said that that took him away from the Super Bowl and other things. And, and now he's just focusing on, What's going on? But uh, yeah, I mean, Rogers, I think, is going to stay in Green Bay. I would assume yeah. that's what it seems like it's trending towards, just the way he's behaving. We lost, you know, his fiance. I feel like that that's when you kind of hunker down where you are. Well, you know, she didn't die, Tate. Well, I mean, she's yeah. a loser, but, you know, I mean, the, the, the reports say the relationship is over. I know nothing about yes. this, but, you know. Where's Pete Davidson? Someone find out where Pete Davidson is. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Pete Davidson. You're saying a lot there, Giannis. Yeah, yeah, saying a lot. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to stay, I think, and then Tom Brady is the one that I'm really watching out for. I, you have to wait three uh, months after you retire. Mm-hmm. before you're like not beholden to your prior team and they don't retain your rights. So I think we're about two months away from Tom Brady working out in the Bay and uh, a lot of rumors picking up that he's going to be Jimmy G's replacement. I think that's where we're headed. And that's going to be a lot of fun, I think, because Debo Samuel is already good enough to take a yeah. team. But yeah, Tom Brady, a guy who admired Joe Montana, you know, I, I think that would be really cool and really good for football. Because Tom Brady brings interest, obviously. It's very Jordan-esque of him to retire and then mm-hmm. want to come back. Right. It just definitely seems like the appropriate thing. But in that tweet I mentioned that you just had is the Rodgers or Brady returning yeah. to their hometown, their home state. Uh, so you'd say at this point you'd put your money on Brady playing for the 49ers next season before Rodgers. I think so. I, I think that they both are like, uh, it's a lot of gamesmanship happening between those two. They're, yeah. They both have a lot of cleanses and, you know, different diets <laughs> and brands and all types of stuff. I mean, they're, they're just funny. You know what I mean? They're obviously competing at all times. And I think they both have a dream of playing for Joe Montana's team. I really do. And I know that a lot of people hear that and they're like, that's like some childish, you know, made up fairy tale stuff. And it's like, well, so is sports. A lot of it is like that. And, uh, <laughs> You know, if you love a team and you love Joe Montana like Brady does and you study Joe Montana like he did, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays there. I think that's the only team he would go back to ever. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to a good situation there. So that works. Another uh, title, a little, <laughs> another title. Why not go yeah. out? You, you know, he want, you know, that competitive fire in him. He wants to go. He out. can't retire on that last yeah. game. He can't. He exactly. does. He does. He just can't do it. It's not in him. It's not talking. Uh, let's go back to hoops for a second to the NBA. Chris Paul just went down. What? Like six, eight weeks. They were on fire. He was playing incredible. Do you think they hold that that lead in the Western Conference? How does that impact the Western Conference? And who do you think's taking it all this year in the old NBA? Yeah, I think the Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. I think it's honestly been a little disrespectful that they had no starters in the All-Star game. I love John Morant, but Devin Booker probably should have started in that game or Chris Paul. Yeah. You know what I mean? But That's neither here nor there. I think they're going to make people remember in the playoffs. Phoenix is the best team in the West. The only team that scares me, um, if I'm Phoenix, is Denver. If Denver gets Jamal Murray back and gets Michael Porter Jr. back, that is a really tough matchup for anybody. They would be a sleeper title team for me if they all get healthy. Just depends on the amount of games they can play with each other. But I like Phoenix out of the West. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in basketball. He is trying to be the greatest player of all time. And uh, I think it's pretty evident that that's what he's chasing. And I commend him for it because that is a lonely journey. It's not going to be a fun path, especially coming on the heels of LeBron. But he has the talent to do it. He's not even close to being fully formed as a basketball player. I mean, he's still developing. He's in the gym every single day. He went up to Michael Jordan and shook his hand, stared him right in the eyes and was like, I I will play you one-on-one right now. (laughs) That says a lot to me. I I think he has... I think we're witnessing greatness and we don't even know it yet with Giannis. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucs won back to back. I really wouldn't. And I think a lot of people are kind of writing them off. And that's Mm -hmm. that's not a good idea with number 34. He's unbelievable. 
They've been so banged up and their defense has been lacking. I feel like they really get it together. I agree with you. I think they're the biggest threat in the East. I know Giannis is excited though about the Nets and, (laughs) and the Knicks. He's kind of just our overall New York guy. You can probably tell by the way he pronounces tournament. Um, Yeah. Or coffee or, or draw. (laughs) Yeah. Or Gonzaga. He mispronounces everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, overall in the East, though, when, when you're looking to an MVP, and you might have just answered it if you still think Giannis, but Jokic and Embiid in that conversation, they're the favorites, those three yeah. at BetMGM right now. What what would you put your money on? I would put my money on Embiid. Giannis is one, too. Oh. I think that everyone is, you know, I think people are almost disrespecting how great Giannis is, and that's okay. But Joel Embiid deserves it. I love Joe. I, I think Joe is one of the best like stories in the NBA this season, what he's been able to do without Ben. That takes mm-hmm. a lot of uh, you know faith in yourself. I mean, getting that team up the top three without Ben, that's insane. And uh, I just want Joe to win because I, I don't know if Philadelphia is going to be able to win it this year. They got a lot of things that they have to piecemeal together. I think they need an offseason to really get that roster ready for a championship. But if Joe wins MVP, I think that's a win for Philadelphia. I'd be happy for him. And, you know, I think that would be good for basketball. I love the bigs. So Jokic mm-hmm. last year, Embiid this year, Giannis, obviously finals MVP. So a lot of good news for seven footers. I also think, Tate, that there is MVP fatigue. I think people like to see someone new win it and Embiid hasn't yeah, won. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. I think Gian- like, yeah, Giannis, we, we've seen it before. Get us a new story. So yeah. that yeah. checks out. Yeah. When is Ben Simmons going to play? Do you know? Do you have any insight? I mean, when is is he still sad or whatever's going on? Did he step on a spider in Australia or New Zealand or wherever he's from? I mean, what's the deal? Why is he not suiting up already for the Nets? Yeah, I think the genius behind that Brooklyn trade is that Patty Mills is there. Patty Mills is obviously Mm. an Aussie guy. I think he's going to try to mentor Ben, get him in a good headspace. He's known Ben since he was, I think, I was talking to BJ Armstrong, who, you know, went and saw Ben when he was like 16 and Patty was with him in the gym when he went and saw him worked out, work out for the first time. So Patty's been around Ben um, for a long time. So knows him really well. I think that's a sneaky part of this deal. Ben's apparently ramping up. That was the word that they put out. I don't know what that means. Ramping up. Um, (laughs) Maybe you guys know, but I think he's in shape. So he should be able to get out there on the court and he's going to have to get in game shape, which is going to take 25 games, you know, really to get in real game shape. So. He's got a ways to go. Brooklyn, I, I think they're like the Sixers. It's too much, too soon to really make a real run. But, you know, with Kevin Durant, you always have a shot. I mean, that that's the beauty of Kevin Durant. He's amazing. Absolutely. Okay, we've gone so off the rails. I forgot we had a game ready for you, Tate. We have oh, a little yeah. game. Are you ready to play something with us? I'm ready. Let's do it. We, we've covered NFL, NBA, college basketball. I'd love to know what they pitched you we were going to talk about because it's not at all what ended up happening. Uh, I mean, honestly, this is what I, this is what I do with my friends anyway, okay. so this is perfect. Okay, good. We, we've just been wanting to pick your brain. Okay, this is our game. We like to do something fun with every guest. We all love the Final Four, but why stop at college basketball? It's mm. time to break out the brackets of some other things in the unleashed random final four that's our million dollar name tate are you ready that's a great name yeah i'm excited let's do it (laughs) it's already branded i think okay pizza toppings on one side of the bracket pepperoni versus sausage on the other side mushrooms versus black olives oh wow i mean who's in the final well mushrooms (laughs) are going to be black olives Pepperoni is going to beat sausage, but it's oh. good. It's close. I mean, I love sausage, but I'm going to go with pepperoni and then pepperoni mushrooms. Let's put them together on the same pizza. Wonderful. No loser. <laughs> yeah, everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a good one. That was a good one. If you said black olives, I mean, I would I would have yeah. closed my computer. No, that yeah. would have been, and that would have been fair. I, I would have just you yeah. know, sat here in silence as I deserved. Giannis, you're that, Greek. I thought your people love olives. Yeah, exactly, but they don't belong on a pizza. Okay. I mean, they do not belong on a pizza. So, you know, there I you love go. olives, but they belong in a salad with feta. They don't belong with mozzarella and sauce. Yeah, there you go. All right, next one. On one side of the bracket, you got Drake versus Kanye. On the other side of the bracket, you got J. Cole versus Future, who's in the final. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah. That's that's really tough. I'm a North Carolina guy, so I love J. Cole, but Future's probably my favorite artist. 
Um, I, I'll say J. Cole just because uh, I love J. Cole to death. And then mm-hmm. on the other side, I mean, those two, they're kind of just like, I mean, obviously we all like both of them or like their music in some capacity, right? I'm going to say Kanye because he was my my first love, you know, like as a, as a 10-year-old kid, 13-year-old kid, whatever it was when 2003. So I was 10 years old. Yeah. So I'll take Kanye. And then J. Cole versus Kanye, uh, false prophets on one side, the true prophet J. Cole on the other side. I'm going to take J. Cole. I love it. All American, too. <laughs> NCAA play-by-play announcers. And I got to warn you, one of them is not too far from me. Gus Johnson versus Jim Nance Ooh. versus Kevin Harlan and Ian Eagle. Oh, Kevin Harlan is obviously yeah. going to move on to the finals. Um, love Kevin Harlan. And then Gus Johnson is my guy. I love Jim yeah. Nance. Jim Nance, obviously, we all know. I mean, the tie... The Masters, the pageantry, we all love Jim. But uh, I'm going to give it to Gus. And then Gus, I'm going to have to give it to Gus because I'm just a sucker for energy. And Kevin Harlan is like the perfect, like, I I don't even think about him when he's giving commentary because it's just like so intertwined and blended with the game. But Gus takes me out. Like, you know what I mean? It just like, I feel like I get shot to space with the energy with Gus. (laughs) So I I think he's going to be my number one guy. Put him on. Those are good choices. Good choices. Okay, uh, one side of the bracket, you got Otto uh, the Orange. We're talking about college mascots. Oh, wow. Okay. Versus uh, Sparty from Michigan State. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Then the other side, sorry, what's the other side? The other side is Brutus the Buckeye versus Ramsey's. Oh, yeah. Ramsey's on the Ramsey's <laughs> is moving to the finals. And then yeah. I'll take Sparty. I mean, Otto the Orange, I feel like it's it's interesting. I like Otto. He's a funny guy. Got a good personality. Yes. But I'll go with the Spartan. And just like in 2009, North Carolina, I'll take over Michigan State. So I'll be a homer. Yeah. There. I'll take Ramsey's. Yeah. <laughs> and we see Sparty more. Sparty's just been yeah. around in March more. Yeah. I got one final question for this game that's not exactly part of this game, but I want to know. Okay. If you had to choose to bring home a girl who's a reported member of the CCP and ISIS or a girl who's a graduate of Duke. Which one do you marry? My mom wouldn't know what the CCP is, I don't think. So I think uh, she'd be fine with that. But if I... I mean, I even I dated a girl whose mom went to Duke, and my mom did not approve. So uh, you know, it's anything that close, is, it's not going to. You got to go out. to ice. You got to go with ice. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> now that's a perfect place to wrap. You can follow Tate Frazier on Twitter at Tate Frazier, and of course, don't forget to listen to Titus and Tate podcast to help you get ready for the tournament, as well as the World of Five Star podcast, which is a great listen as well. Tate, thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Let's go North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) All right. live from his wedding venue and engagement photo shoot and he's as red as a lobster i feel sorry you guys cannot see him peter andrew is back welcome back pete i'm taking face for radio to a whole nother level here today (laughs) (laughs) you look uh sun-kissed my friend like i said i'm i'm questioning your italian heritage right about now you look a little bit more uh on the norwegian german side like myself yeah not it's not great today so i'm glad (laughs) for once that we don't record this and show my face not only are you our betting expert, but now you're also a wedding planning expert, no? Yeah, and I'm also like a sponsor for SPF 400 too. <laughs> so if you don't want to look like this, then buy whatever baby sunblock you can because it's not great. But yeah, on our uh, wedding venue destination, trying to figure it all out. So yeah, fun, fun weekend. Very fun weekend. We're glad you could still join us despite being on a fun vacation. Pete, I've got to ask you, all-star game this weekend, the total was 323 and the point total at BetMGM and other sites was 324 and a half. I can speak on behalf of my brother-in-law and many sad people that they took the over. Giannis, just like me at the Pro Bowl. And I thought that was the easiest bet of all time. What did you see in the end of the all-star game, uh, especially as LeBron closed it out? Too much defense. I think that's probably number one. Yes. At the end. Yeah, not for the first three and a half quarters for sure. Curry made it pretty interesting when he was just drilling threes. I mean, 
it felt like seven, eight, nine consecutive possessions. He was just hitting threes, which was amazing to watch. But the last couple of minutes, he had a couple of missed things down the stretch, but it didn't really matter because the score was already almost predetermined. So whatever that that final number you had to hit. So it's it's tricky betting this all-star game total. So probably looking at next year, I'm sticking away from it. Mm. You never know what's going to happen, especially, like I said, you don't know what the final total is going to be that you have to hit until the game kind of progresses. So really, really tricky. I think moving forward, everybody should just take Team LeBron or Team Durant or whatever that you know, ends up being for preceding years. That makes sense. It was fun to watch, though. I enjoyed... Uh... I enjoyed it. The dunk contest, not so much, but the the all-star game is a lot of fun. I mean, basketball all-star games are something you can really, you can appreciate no defense in a basketball all-star game because you get to see exciting stuff and long shots, as we saw. Yep. Yeah, it was, um, I think, all in all, the weekend was really good minus the dunk contest. They have to do something about just being able to miss 15 consecutive dunks as long as the ball doesn't go downwards. Three-point contest was awesome. Cat versus Luke Kennard. I think that was really good. I like what they've done with the new kind of setup, and I think it's been fun. And then the game was good. I mean, you had third and fourth quarter were awesome, but you have to know what you're expecting. You can't just go into it thinking it's going to be the best weekend of all time. It's not going to be Dominique Wilkins versus Michael Jordan back in the late 80s. It's evolving, so you have to have your expectations set. Well, now that the All-Star game is behind us, we get to the second half of the NBA schedule and things are heating up as we look at the games Thursday. We get to see the two seed in the East, the Bulls. They take on the Atlanta Hawks, my former team, uh, at home. Let's start with that game. They're a four and a half point favorite at home. Gosh, I'm surprised it's not bigger than that. What do you think, Pete? The way I'm leaning on some of these games is especially teams that had a couple of players playing in All-Star break. They're, they're going to be slumping, I think, for a couple of games. It's a party weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's I'm probably going with Hawks plus four and a half. Oh. I know Trey was obviously there all week, but I'm just taking the slump route. There's no real like science behind it. I just think it's been a long and fun weekend for lots of people in Cleveland. In Cleveland, which is funny to say, but uh, I'm going to take some of those teams that maybe were a little bit more well rested. Teams like the Hawks that have something legitimate to play for. I think Bulls are obviously in a relatively good spot being in that kind of one slash two seed tied for first. So I can see that being a little bit of a disappointment for them and, and, and taking Hawks. Keep it close, maybe even win it. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say partying in Cleveland is an oxymoron. I can confirm that is not true. I lived there for one year and let's just say it never was the same. Okay. Also looking at a bigger spread, the Cavs are on the road. So all those players pack their bags and head to Detroit and they are an eight and a half point favorite at the Pistons. That's a much bigger number. What do you think, Pete? <laughs> the Pistons are pretty bad. That would be my one kind of point there. Eight and a half is a big spread. I'll probably take Cleveland. They don't have to travel. So everybody that was part of the All-Star game is staying home or staying relatively close. So I'd probably take the eight and a half. The Cavs uh, players, you mean? Don't you think they went on vacation somewhere? I mean, well, I'm thinking of the couple <laughs> guys that were all at the game. So, oh, okay. you know, Jared Allen, I think Garland yeah. and Woodley were all there. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not talking about the, the the lots of the bench warmers, but thinking about the, uh, the ones that were actually at the game. But yeah, it's, I mean, what a toss up. Pistons are so bad. But I'd probably go Cavs. They're just, again, in a relatively good spot, but playing for something. They're obviously in that little mishmash of 6 to 10. So, yeah, probably probably go Cavs. Right, but I would just say this is a good time if you want to. I would say betting the, betting the other way may make you some money because they may just overlook the Pistons out of the All-Star break because of how bad they are. I mean, they are bad. When you said pretty good at the beginning, I said, Peter, you've mm-hmm. gotten too much sun. The Pistons suck. <laughs> for everybody that's listening right now, I did preface this whole show offline with I am on the worst run of all time gambling right now. Yeah. So that's sportsbook <laughs> and casino. So yeah, I should put that asterisk there as we're talking about this. It really makes us all wonder why we have you on every week. <laughs> hey, I've had a couple of good days here, but uh this might not be my best run. Okay, one more for you. 
We've got the Memphis Grizzlies. They're currently number three in the West, 41 and 19 record. Everyone's excited about this young squad. They start the second half of the season on the road at Minnesota, and they are two and a half point road favorite. What do you think? It's always that first game right off the gates. That's a tricky one. Yeah. I mean, that Memphis team is hungry. So I'm riding them for as much as I can. I think I said it early in the season. Love the dubs. Uh, obviously, the Suns look great, but I'm probably going to ride that Grizzlies team for as long as they have, you know, obviously John Morant, John Morant there. I'll take them. But again, it's tricky. The first game out of out of the, uh, let's call it the second half, it's going to be an interesting one. So um, I would look at money lines here, especially if you feel good about a team. Spreads are going to be dicey. So if you mm-hmm. really, really like a team, take a money line, maybe even parlay them with a the money line. So as an example, Suns, Thunder, Dubs, Blazers. I do not trust any of those spreads. I'm going to take those those uh, money lines as a parlay. So you just got to be careful. You got to see how they come out. We talked about a couple scenarios where, you know, these guys are partying or not partying or hungry or, you know, underplaying a, a really bad team. So I think you just got to go with your gut on the money lines and, and see what happens. Speaking of hungry, you probably have a hot dinner date waiting for you right now. So Peter, Andrew, you go on, enjoy your vacation. Thanks for joining us, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to us. Remember to tell friends about the podcast and also remember to vote for us on whatever site that is. I don't remember what it is. It's called Best Sports Podcast or something. Just go to Olivia's Twitter or Instagram. She posts it every day. Vote for us for Funniest Sports Podcast. Thank you, Peter Andrew. Thank you, Tate. We'll see you next week. We love you very much. I'm lying. I don't know you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com.com slash compatibility.